I want to share around navigating life, walking on water. I first thought of a subtitle, how to navigate a storm, but, but I realized, um, I realized Jesus' words in, in John 16, where Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you, that you may have peace. In this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have realized um, we need a miracle, not just in our times of storms. We need a miracle just to get through life. And storms, tribulations, and trials are part of life. And sometimes we, we feel as if we need a miracle just to face the next day. To raise our children, uh, to take them to school at times, you need a miracle. To deal with your budget, with your work, with your relationships. There are so many times that we feel we just need a miracle to get through the day. And so I want to talk about walking on water as we navigate life. Last time I preached, I, I shared on God's grace that saved us. And it's also the same grace that sustains us. That God has given everything that we need for life and godliness. And this is a powerful mindset to start off every day. To know that we are saved by grace, but we're also sustained by grace. God has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. So you can make every day. You can make Every storm, every situation that you may face, you can make it because God is with you, God loves you, and the same grace that saved you will be the same grace that sustains you, that will enable you to face the day, to face life, and overcome any circumstances that it may bring. To Peter, we, we read, and I'll read it again, 2 Peter 1 from verse 2, it says, May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. His divine power has granted us all things pertaining to life and godliness, that through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted us this precious and very great promises, so that through them you may part, be part, become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world because of sinful desire. And so it's, it's a mouthful but a powerful foundation to start every day, a mindset to have. That no matter what we face, God has given us everything we need to face it. And to overcome. And to live a godly life. God has given you everything that you need for life and godliness. Knowing and believing this is a good starting place every day. And, and just to see practically how God comes through and provides for us. Through his grace and love. And I want us to continue with that thought and look at Matthew 14. Now the context of Matthew 14 was, this is just after John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, were beheaded. The greatest prophet of the Old Testament. Family of Jesus was beheaded. And when the news came to Jesus... Jesus wanted to be alone. He wanted to grieve and he, and he wanted to leave to a quiet place, a deserted place, just to be alone. 
But as he left, the people saw that he was leaving and a great multitude followed him to this place. And, and when the crowds gathered around Jesus, Jesus had compassion on them and he started to heal their sick and teach them. And he spent the whole day until evening ministering to the people. And when it became late, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Jesus, these people are hungry. And they've been here the whole day and it's far away. We need to feed them. And then Jesus took two fish and five loaves and fed more than 5,000 people. Amazing miracle. Two fish, five loaves, and 5,000 plus people. Just the men was 5,000. Didn't count the women and the children. What an amazing miracle. Two fish, five loaves, and probably close to 10,000 people were fed. A miracle that proved that nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. He can feed almost 10,000 people with two fish and five loaves. It also proved that Jesus is indeed God. It was Jesus who multiplied the two fish and five loaves. And, and, and so it was a powerful miracle to prove his divinity, but also that nothing is impossible for God. And at the end of all that, Jesus told the disciples, and this is where we're going to pick up. And immediately he made the disciples get into the boat to go before him on the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed the crowd, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Finally, Jesus got some space to be alone. And when the evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land. Beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, that's now between three and six in the morning, Jesus came to them walking on the water, walking on the sea. But when his disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and says, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. As I mentioned before, the fourth watch, you must imagine this. This is now between three and six. Who wakes up at four and three in the morning? <laughs> it's very quiet now. You, you must understand the context here. Jesus tells his disciples to get into the boat, to go somewhere. Jesus gives them all the instructions. They follow Jesus. They follow his command. Jesus says, get into this boat. Go to that side. They get into the boat. They're on their way that side. And they meet this great wind that is against them. So they can't get to where they want to be. They can't get to where Jesus said they should be. And they are struggling to get there. Because the wind is against them. They need to row to get there. I don't know who of you paddle. Any of you paddle? You know, you know what it is to paddle against the wind. And so here they're a boat that can't use their sails because the wind is against them. So they have to row to get to the other side. Who have you been to the Sea of Galilee before? Uh, it's not a very big one. It, it's, but you can see the other side on a nice day. 
But the wind was against them, so they were struggling. As a matter of fact, they were struggling the whole night to get to the other side. They were rowing and rowing and rowing, but the wind was against them and the waves was against them. And, and, and so they were struggling to get, get to the other side. They've been struggling the whole night and getting nowhere. Sometimes life feels like that, doesn't it? You know where you want to go, but there's a great opposition against you and you're struggling to get where you know you should be. And in the middle of the night, Jesus shows up. In a really unexpected way. Jesus walks on water. And obviously they were terrified because man cannot walk on water. Who of you know that? And yet Jesus walks on water. and So, so they're terrified. They thought it was a ghost. And then Jesus, the way only Jesus does it, says, do not be afraid. Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. In the midst of their struggle, Jesus shows up. What struck me was just the fact that Jesus showed up in a way they didn't expect him to. So often when we are busy with our struggles and we're busy with life, we face various circumstances. Jesus has a way to show up that we didn't expect. And I've realized in my life, if I look back in my life and all the circumstances and storms that I faced during my life, none of those storms ceased, stopped before Jesus arrived. Jesus first had to arrive in my storm. Before the storm stopped. Sometimes I'm praying. I say, Lord, please stop the storm. But Jesus never stops the storm until he arrives. And sometimes he arrives in ways I didn't expect. And I realized my storms never stopped until Jesus spoke to me. He said something. And so often I want Jesus just to, Jesus, while you are there, will you just speak to the storm? But Jesus doesn't do that. He first comes to where we're at, and then he speaks to us, and then we need to obey what he says before he stills the storm. I don't know if you've discovered that before. But in my life, I found that in the storm, before I even ask him to still it, I've now learned to ask, Lord, just speak to me. <laughs> where are you here? Are you that way, that way? Speak to me, God. Give me wisdom. Tell me what I must do in the midst of the storm. And it's only after I hear him speak and then I obey what he says that he's still my storm. And yet too, in, in the disciples' storm and their circumstances, nothing changed until Jesus arrived. And when Jesus arrived in a way they didn't expect, he, he spoke to them. What about your life? What, what is Jesus saying to you? Is he also speaking to you this morning and saying, do not be afraid? What is Jesus saying to you? 
dein Kater, dein Ei. This was not the first time the disciples cried out in fear, and this wasn't the first storm that the disciples faced with Jesus. In Matthew chapter 8, we read of another occasion that Jesus told his disciples to do something, to go somewhere, and, and obeying Jesus, got into the boat and was sailing somewhere, and an even greater storm came up to such an extent that the boat was filling with the waves, and, and they cried out in fear, thinking that they were going to die. Now, this is fishermen panicking. This is fishermen thinking they're going to die. And they wake up Jesus. I mean, they're not, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a, you know, I don't do boats. You know, I love the sea. I love swimming in it. But I must see the land. I feel safe if I see the land. Yeah. I, I once went with, an elderly man on a catamaran. You know a catamaran? It's that sailboat that looks like two canoes that are strapped together. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking, but he said, hey, you know, I hear you've never sailed before. Can I take you? And I said, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I was bang for next. Yeah, I was bang. <laughs> because the day he picked was like that. The wind was blowing, and I don't know what I think. That's what you need, apparently, for a catamaran. You need wind. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't do sailing. So what I didn't realize is you actually need strong wind for this thing to really go fast. And he really wanted to impress me how fast you can go in a sailboat. So he really picked a nice sailing day, you know. And what I also didn't realize is if the wind is very strong, the sea is not calm. So anyway, you can imagine how I felt. I was panicking the whole way. He was not panicking. Okay? Well, if he started to panic and say, hey, we're going to die. <laughs> now, now, this is the disciples coming to Jesus in that storm. They're waking him up and say, Lord, do you not care that we're going to perish? I mean, they, they knew the sea. They they, they had experience in this kind of circumstance. This is game over. And they woke Jesus up. Let us read that story in Matthew 8. Now when he got into his boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, and so that the boat was covered with waves, but he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to him, why are you fearful? It was one of those occasions, I'm going to put up my hand and say, Lord, I know the answer. <laughs> I know why they're fearful. Because they're going to die. <laughs> they're going to die. They know what this means. That's why they're fearful, Lord. And he said, you have little faith. Don't you know that I'm in your boat? Why are you afraid? But he said to them, why are you fearful, you of little faith? And he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea, and there was a great calm. And so the men marveled, saying, who can this be, that even the winds and the waves, the sea obey him? Why were they fearful? Because 
They really thought they were going to die. And they had experience. Jesus' response was, it doesn't matter how bad the circumstances is. If you are following me, I am in your boat. It doesn't matter how bad the circumstances are. If you are following me, remember it's I that told you to get into this boat. Don't be afraid. I'm with you in this boat. Why are you fearful? You have little faith. Reminds me of Matthew 10 where Jesus said, Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. I'm the one who told you to get into the boat. Don't be afraid. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. It doesn't matter how bad the circumstances may be. If you are in God's will, Jesus is in the boat. If you follow Jesus, it is no longer your boat. If you follow Jesus, it is no longer your boat. And your life is not yours. You belong to God. And you are precious to Him. So do not be afraid. Don't be like Jonah that didn't follow God's commands and got into another boat. Then if you face a storm, well, you might be thrown overboard. But by God's grace, we know what happened to Jonah. But if you follow him, remember, It was Jesus that said to him, verse 23, Now, when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. It's the safest place you and I can be. is in the will of God. If we follow his instructions, we are in his will. And if we are in his will, he is in the boat. Then it doesn't matter what the circumstances you may face, he is with you. And he will not let you drown. So, when you go through life, remember, if you belong to God, stay in his boat. Don't get into another. Don't follow your own way. Don't follow the world's way. Follow him. You belong to him. Stay in his boat. Second, God loves you and you are valuable to him. Thirdly, do not be afraid for nothing is impossible with God. Doesn't matter what the circumstances is. And fourthly, God will turn it for your good. No matter what storm and circumstances you face. No matter what life brings you. It's not just circumstances and trials and tribulations that God turns for our good. He says, I will turn everything for your good. I'll turn life for your good if you follow me, stay in my boat, and are not afraid. But trust me. Romans 8 says, we know it. And for we know that all things work together for the good. For those who love God and those who are called according to His purpose. 
Remember, it was Jesus' instruction that they follow him. So make sure you're following his instruction and live according to his purpose. But do not fear. And yet, yes, one of the, the principles that Jesus repeats over and over again, for us not to fear in the midst of our circumstances as we are following him, for us not to fear, we must trust him. You must trust Jesus. You must have faith in him. Because faith and fear are opposites. It's very interesting. The greatest or the most frequent prohibition in the Bible. In other words, what God says we must not do. From the Old and the New Testament. Is this. Fear not. One of the greatest prohibitions. That God says, this is what I want you not to do, apart from sin, is to fear not. Fear not. Because faith and fear are opposites. They, they, they work the same way. Hebrews 11 verse 1 tells us how faith works. It says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That's how faith works. It is the assurance of things hoped for. You know how fear works? It works exactly the same way as faith. It is the assurance of things dreaded for. The conviction of things yet not seen. Faith is what we hope for. Fear is what we dread for. And just like faith, when I am assured of the things that I hope for, I take what is unseen yet and bring it into my life. And guess what happens? It manifests. It directs me. It helps me. It leads me with great confidence where I need to go because I base my faith on the word of God, which does not change. But fear is the opposite. It's when I'm assured of the things that I need for. Who of you are afraid of the dark? I'm not, but who of you are? I have friends that are afraid of the dark. I remember as a teenager, uh, I, I had this big rugby player friend, and I played hockey, and he played rugby, you know, in those days. But anyway, he was afraid of the dark. He, 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 was, he was assured of the things that is unseen, the things that he dreaded, the monsters, and I don't know what he feared, but there was stuff out there in the dark that was going to get him. And he was so afraid, he could never walk in dark. I always had to walk him home. I, this is this massive lock, nah, that is afraid of the dark. He's afraid of things unseen. He's so assured of the things that he dread that he is... Unable to walk in the dark. And then I always have to walk him home and, and you know me, halfway. Huh. Yes, and I did. I turned around and ran out. And I left him to walk the list. In the dark, laughing all the way. Ha <laughs> ha. But what you fear in, in disenables you. It paralyzes you. And so faith and fear are opposites. That's why I believe God says often, do not fear. Do not fear. 
Jesus' command is not to fear. And in this life, there may be many things that we can fear, but Jesus wants us to trust him. We have no reason to fear if we follow him. His words of encouragement is based on his unlimited power and personal love for us. For those who truly belong to him. And therefore he says, do not fear. Nothing is impossible for me. You belong to me and I love you. And on this occasion, when Jesus calmed the sea, the men marveled, saying, who can this be that even the winds and the waves obey him? Because nothing is impossible for him. But now I want to fast forward back to Matthew 14 where we started, where, where Jesus just multiplied the two fish and the five loaves, proving that he is indeed God and that nothing is impossible for him, telling his disciples to go to the other side. They're going to the other side, and as they are going about doing what God called them to do, they faced opposition. The circumstances was against them. They were struggling all night until three in the morning, four in the morning, for more than six hours trying to row in the night, and yet Jesus shows up, and they're again afraid. And Jesus said to them, do not be afraid, it is I. And then, but when the disciples saw him, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And then Peter said to him something very strange. Peter said to him, Lord, if that is you, command me to come to you. On the water. And Jesus said. Come. And so Peter. Got out of the boat. And walked on the water. And came to Jesus. This is my second sermon. Lord. If it is you. Command me to come to you on the water. Peter knew for Jesus nothing is impossible. Peter also knew man cannot walk in water. But Jesus, nothing is impossible for Jesus. So Jesus can walk in water. But Peter also believed, if you, Jesus, command me, a mere man, to walk on water, nothing will be impossible. If you speak the word, I will be able to do the impossible. So command me, and I will come. And Jesus said, come. And so Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Sounds familiar. 
Jesus immediately stretched out his hand, took hold of him, and said, You of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, what happened to the storm? The wind ceased. And those in the boat, they didn't marvel. They worshipped him. Say, truly, this is the Son of God. Not only can Jesus do the impossible, but when he commands us to do the impossible, we too can do it. If only we believe. What are the things that God has already commanded us to do that we think is impossible? But God says, come. Jesus commanded Peter to come and what God commanded Peter to do became possible. Reminds me of Luke 18 verse 27 where Jesus said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. This made me think, what are the commandments Jesus already given us that seems impossible to us? To pray for the sick? And see them healed? To ask for the gifts of the Holy Spirit? To love and to forgive the way He loves, the way He forgives? To give our tithe to the church? To share our faith with others? To live a holy life? All the things that seems impossible for us. It's not impossible for God. But even more challenging this morning is God is saying. If you ask me. You believe and trust me. What seems impossible for you will be possible. So what are the things that God has commanded us? Are we afraid? Do we not trust him? Do we not believe that nothing is impossible for him? Peter could walk on water as long as he trusted God. But when he started to look at his circumstances, he started to fear and began to sink. What are God's commandments already given to us? It's not just in the storms that we face, but the life that we live. In the midst of our circumstances, what seems to be impossible for us is not impossible for God. The question is, do we have faith in Him or are we afraid? Do we trust Him or are we looking at the wind and the waves and the circumstances around us? In the midst of our circumstances and struggle against the wind, Jesus was revealed. Commanded us to do the impossible. And in the end, the storm was stilled. 
Peter walked on water and the storm ended. And they were all safe, but this time they did not marvel. They worshipped God. They saw whatever God commands us to do is possible. Whatever God commands us to do is possible. If we only believe and trust Him. Walking on water is not only for the storms we face, but for everyday life. Let us take hold of God's word and, and step out of our boats. Let us put our faith and trust in God and, and not in our fears. And let us live for Him and, and see how He does the impossible through us. Amen. I want us to close our eyes. Father, we, we come to you this morning and we believe that you are gone. We believe that nothing is impossible for you. But God, sometimes when we face the storms in our life and the realities of the circumstances that we find ourselves in, we often doubt whether you can enable us. We know you saved us by grace, but we sometimes doubt that the same grace has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. That you've made us partakers of your divine nature through the Holy Spirit in us to enable us to do everything that you have commanded us to do. Well, sometimes we are just so afraid when, when, when somebody is sick. We're sometimes afraid to pray. Afraid to trust you. Sometimes we're afraid of failure. Sometimes the calculations doesn't add up. The budget, budget doesn't make it. Sometimes the things that you command us to do seems impossible. Yet today we are reminded that if we obey you, if we follow you, You're not only with us, but you enable us. I want to ask, Lord, that you will help us to put our faith and our trust in you. And in that, what you call us to do, to become. Help us, Lord, in our unbelief. Thank you that we know that even when we fail in our faith and trust in you, you are there to catch us. To pick us up and, and walk us back. Lord, but help us. 
to continually become more and more who you want us to be. I want to give you an opportunity just where you're at, just to speak to the Lord in your, in your own words. Maybe you're going through circumstances. Maybe you're going through a storm. Ask the Lord to speak to you. Ask Him to come to you. Ask Him for His Word, His Wisdom. Because if you follow that Word, you will not just marvel when the storm ceases. You will worship Him. So, Lord, this morning, I'm not praying for storms to be calmed. I'm praying for us to seek you in the midst of the storm. A heart ready to hear. A heart willing to follow. Even to do the impossible. Thank you that you remain faithful every time. And maybe you are here today because there are things you know that you think is possible for God but not possible for you. You know what the word says but that is for other people. Well, this morning I believe the Holy Spirit is saying no it is for you will you trust me and get out of your boat why don't you just speak to the Lord just in your own words just speak to him you're here this morning while all the eyes are closed and you've never made the decision to follow him to give your life to him it's the most important decision you can ever make it is truly life changing when you decide to follow Jesus you want to do that today, you want to surrender your life and say, God, I want to give you my life. I want to follow you. If that is you, I just want you to respond by raising your hand. Say, here I am, Lord. I want to follow you. Thank you for that hand. Is there anyone else? Just raise your hand. Say, God, here I am. I want to follow you. Lord, I pray for those who are responding today. Thank you, God, that you will come into their lives. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you will fill them with your spirit. That they become a new creation. And they belong to you. Teach them your ways, Lord, that they may know you.
and follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the first steps to do when you give your life to